Church on this joyful day where we are celebrating All Saints Day as well as Dedication Sunday here at Selwyn. You can read a little bit more about All Saints Day in your bulletin as well as several other important, important announcements. Um, but regardless, we're glad that you're here with us, whether you're in the sanctuary or perhaps you're joining us on Facebook Live. Welcome. For the last four weeks, our entire congregation has been exploring what it means to belong and to be loved here at Selwyn. And I do give thanks to the many members of this church and elders who have been leading our congregation through this season of stewardship. You might notice a piece of art in our chancel this morning, and so I'll also give thanks to our youth um, who have offered this to us as an expression of what it means to beloved and to belong. You'll hear more about that soon. Also this morning in worship, I'd like to welcome any visitors and guests that are here among us. One of those is Ginger Wyrick, who is serving as our guest organist this morning. Ginger is a good friend to many of us here at Selwyn and to Fred Spano, where she serves on the faculty at UNC Charlotte. Thank you for being here, Ginger. Also, if you are a visitor and would like to learn more about what it means to belong here at Selwyn, we are in the midst of an orientation season. We gather each morning at 9.30 in our chapel, and hopefully we can get to know a little bit more about you and share a little bit more with you about who we are in order that you might um, like to join and become a member here at Selwyn. This has been a pivotal year here at Selwyn. We've endured a few years of transition and growth and major global pandemic. And along the way, we've been able to squeak by uh, without having to cut our financial support to mission partners like Montclair and Roof Above. We've also not had to cut our staff in any way. But our goals for stewardship this year are high for good reason. If we reach our stewardship goals this year, we'll be able to maintain our commitment uh, to dynamic worship and music here in our sanctuary. We'll be able to continue to support our mission partners at full capacity, and we'll be able to stabilize our staff a little bit more than we've been able to in the last couple of years. This morning, as we consider uh, making our pledges and, dedicate the, and dedicating them, if you need a pledge card um, or you want more information about stewardship, I think there's still some in the narthex. Please feel free to stand up and grab these um, whenever whenever you need to. Also, as you leave, just to note that next week marks first food, 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 <laughs> food first Sundays. I got it. Um, so there are some empty grocery bags in the narthex. If you take those and fill them with food for the Montclair pantry, you can bring them back next Sunday, and we will make sure that those groceries uh, are put in the hands of families that really do need them right now. Also, don't forget, um, we will celebrate Margot Richardson ordination and installation here at Selwyn Avenue at 3 o'clock. It's sure to be a great and wonderful celebration. Let us prepare our hearts to worship God.
please rise as you are able in body or spirit and join me in our call to worship. I looked and there was a great crowd that no one could number. They were from every nation, tribe, people, and language. They were standing before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice, Victory belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And the angels fell face down before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor power and might be to our God forever and ever. We remember the saints of every time and place who have shown us the love of God. Since we are surrounded, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us worship God with joy. of God's amazing love is this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Because of this love, we dare to approach God with confidence. Trusting in God's grace, please join me as we confess our sin using the prayer of confession. Eternal God, in every age, you have raised up men, women, to live and die in faith. We confess that we are indifferent to your will. You call us to proclaim your name, but we are silent. You call us to do what is just, but we remain idle. You call us to live faithfully, but we are afraid. In your mercy, forgive us. Give us courage to follow you in your that joined with those from ages past, who have served you with faith, hope, and love, we may inherit the kingdom you promised in Jesus Christ. Amen. Hear these words of assurance from Romans. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the living and the dead. By no means, how can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus 
were baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God, so we too might walk in the newness of life. Friends, believe in the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. young disciples. We're going to stand over here so we can look at the art and talk about it a little bit. So I want to show you this piece of art that some of the bigger kids at our church have been working on for a couple months. What do you see in it? Yeah, you see a heart. What else do you see? there's lots of different colored strings. So the strings kind of look like this. I'm going to give each of you one. There you go. And this one. Here's a red one. Here's another blue one. So some of the members of our church might recognize these strips, but for a really long time we were worshiping outside. And on these strips our members wrote prayers over the last year. And we collected all the prayers, and the youth made... Well, for this All Saints Sunday, indeed our scripture this morning is one that every Christian should know by heart. A friend of mine reminded me of what Paul Tillich wrote about the words we are about to read, which he claims are some of the most powerful words written in all of scripture. Paul Tillich states that the mere sound of them is able to grasp human souls in desperate situations. These words are stronger than the sound of exploding mortar shells, of weeping at open graves. They are stronger, stronger than the sighs of the sick or the moaning of the dying. They are stronger than the self-accusation of those in despair. And these words prevail over the permanent whisper of anxiety we all carry within us. So with that, let us turn our pew Bibles to page 1030 in the New Testament, where we will read Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, Will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 
We have to start with the not-so-great news, which will, in the end, be very good news. At the heart of Christian hope and Christian living is suffering. And yet, we will do just about anything to avoid suffering. Lots of times when I read this so familiar scripture, I leave out the middle verse. It is that quote from the 44th Psalm, and I just don't think it really fits. Yes, it is awkward to read it, but that's not really why I leave it out. I leave it out because I do not like what it says. Paul quotes the most depressing verse in the entire psalm. For your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. Woohoo! The 44th Psalm is a lament. In a nutshell, the psalmist lets God know that he remembers the good old days when God was gracious and loving to his ancestors, and then he proceeds to blame God for all of the horrible suffering the entire people are enduring, and then he lets God know that he is actually keeping up his end of the bargain, and then he accuses God of abandoning him totally, and finally he begs God to save them like the good old days. Well, no wonder I want to leave that part out. Most of us show up to church by the skin of our teeth. It's a miracle any of us are here at all. And now that we are here, we have to talk about suffering? Haven't we been doing that for like 20 months? I don't like to think about suffering which ironically means I'm probably making my own point because we have a desire to avoid and deny and prevent and ignore suffering at all costs. And not just our suffering, but other people's suffering too. Now, first of all, let me just say amen and thank you, Jesus, for things like epidurals and Advil and technology for children on really long car rides and the occasional pedicure. And secondly, I'm not talking about doing planks or burpees or running a marathon or being married to a minister or to anyone, really. Suffering is extended, deep pain. And it's scary. Sometimes it's physical, and sometimes it's emotional, and sometimes it's even spiritual. But suffering is always life-altering, and sometimes it is even life-ending. So yeah, we're afraid of suffering. And so sometimes we deny our own suffering or the suffering of others. A stoic, hard-working man cannot recognize or even admit his own weaknesses. A mom ducks behind the produce aisle to avoid her friend with cancer. A parent enters hospice but refuses to talk about or even accept that death is near. We're afraid of suffering. So sometimes we seek pleasure to avoid pain. Shopping, gambling, sports, sex, alcohol, pick one. In 2017, 1.7 million Americans suffered from substance use disorders related to prescription opioids. And another 650,000 were addicted to heroin. 80% of those heroin addictions started by using prescription opioids. Imagine the entire population of Charlotte and the surrounding region suffering from chronic opioid and heroin addictions in a sincere effort to avoid suffering. We are so afraid of suffering. Sometimes we pretend that we can prevent it altogether, which by the way is called perfectionism. It looks pretty good on the surface, exceptional really, but underneath is an unrelenting pursuit to be good enough, accomplished enough, balanced enough, thoughtful enough, pretty enough, rich enough, popular enough, and any mistake 
It's a personal flaw of shame. Where's the rest? Where's the peace in all of that? We're so afraid of suffering. Sometimes we ignore it or minimize it. We apologize when we start to cry. We just turn off the news. We look away from a homeless neighbor. We isolate ourselves. We berate ourselves for not manning up. We make excuses. We lie. We brag. We justify our own greed and our sins of omission. Sometimes we refuse to remember or think about or even talk about the traumatic experiences of our lives, the wounds we've received, the wounds we've caused. And all of this, of course, is just a shell game of control because we are like sheep. Now, I'm 100% biased about the good saints of Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, but we are not drawn together by our good looks or our intelligence or our charm, obvious as those things might be, We have two things in common. We all suffer. And together, we all depend upon God's love in Christ as our only hope and joy. We are like sheep. And we cannot avoid suffering, and we cannot ignore sin, because if we were to do that, it minimizes another person's experience or reality. And then also when we do that, we ignore the significant gift of God's love and grace in Jesus Christ. You see, according to Paul's exhaustive list, hardship, famine, famine, persecution, angels, rulers, time, space, God's love is so powerful that every possible force from heaven and earth imaginable All of that, any force you can ever imagine or experience, none of it, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And if that is the case, then that must include us. Because the biggest enemies, the fiercest battles, the most dangerous threats are not waged by unfortunate circumstances or strangers who look or love or live differently than we do. The greatest enemy of all, of course, often lies within ourselves. We have agency. We have power. Our lives, our sins, our mistakes, our poor judgments, our words, they impact our own lives, and they impact the lives of those around us in a variety of lasting ways. And here it is. Whatever all those forces are, from the tiniest cell in your body that goes haywire, to the darkest thought in your mind, to the worst crime, and the most horrific real existential threat that we might face together on earth, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. Not even death. And the only reason nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus is because like Abraham binding up his beloved son Isaac and offering him to God as a sacrifice, God did not withhold God's one and only son. And we don't like to talk about suffering. God becomes human and finite in Jesus, but Jesus didn't die a natural death. He wasn't an old man comfortable in his bed. He died a violent death of a criminal on a cross, the death of complete abandonment by God, his Father. And that, my friends, rejection by a parent, rejection by God, that's suffering. And all of this, it's not so we can sweep our own suffering under the rug. It's not so that we can pretend to be perfect and in control. It's not so we can fight our demons in isolation. All of this is not so we can achieve and strive for acceptance. 
As Jürgen Moltmann states, God humbles God's self and takes the eternal death of the godless and God-forsaken so that all the godless and God-forsaken can experience communion with God. Well, it's no wonder Paul was whipped and stoned and imprisoned. His conversion on the road to Damascus transformed him from a violent, persecuting zealot against Christianity to a broker and representative of God's unearned grace and unwarranted acceptance in Christ. And that was radical. This message of his extended far beyond the horizon of the law. Yes, of course. Of course, grace for the victim. Of course, Grace for people like you and me who try to do the right thing. But grace for the perpetrator? The cross is a subversive symbol of resistance against evil and hatred and oppression and sin and even death. And in a civilization that glorifies success and happiness, people's eyes can be open to the truth if they remember that at the center of our Christian faith stands an unsuccessful, tormented Christ, dying in forsakenness. And so let me tell you what, to gather around this table as guests, we are invited to come to terms with the depths of God's love for us, because God's grace, it's free, but we know it's not cheap. Christ, as it has been said, is the judge, judged in our place. And in Christ, God is for us. God is for us. God is for us, not God was for us or will be for us one day, but God is for us right now. Which leads me to this long list of sayings. whom we've loved and whom we've lost. I suspect they were not always saintly, but they are indeed saints. When we say their names out loud with confidence, we will not deny suffering and grief and heartbreak and death because we all know that that is real, and sometimes all of that is overwhelming and unbearable. So we will say their names out loud, and then we will ring a bell. And when we ring the bell, we're ringing it out as if to say, hold on, there's more than just this. And then we shout, here with us, alleluia. They're here with us? Alleluia? Well, this is scandalous. It's joyful. This is the power of the gospel. This is what it means to belong and to beloved, not only here at Selwyn, but to God. Because God's love is so big, it's ridiculous. We should be dancing in the aisles. We should be hugging. We should be laughing. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Savior and our Redeemer. Amen. Friends, despite the suffering of this world, this is the joyful feast of the Lord. Folks will come from east and west, north and south, to gather around all the citizens of God's rule in Christ. This is Jesus' dinner party. We are 
all invited across all time to join together to get a foretaste of the age that is to come. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. To the Lord our God. It is indeed right to give our thanks and praise to you, the God of Abraham and Sarah, Miriam and Moses, priests and prophets, Mary, Peter and Paul, apostles and martyrs, and ordinary saints. We praise you, joining voices with all the people of faith of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the God, for the gift of your child, our brother Jesus Christ, who lived in accord with your will to the point of laying down his life for the good news he preached and passed on to us. On the night of his arrest, he taught us how to serve one another in love with a ritual of table fellowship enjoyed by Christians of all times and places. So in remembrance of our Lord Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves with thanksgiving as living sacrifice. In union with Christ's offering for us, we live out the mystery of faith we proclaim. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Let us pray together. We give thanks to thee, O Lord, for all the saints and servants of thine who have done justly, loved mercy, and walked humbly with their God. For all the high and holy ones who have wrought wonders and been shining lights in the world, we thank thee. For all the meek and lowly ones who have earnestly sought thee in darkness and held fast their faith in trial and did good unto all men and women and people as they had opportunity, we thank thee, especially for those whom we have known and loved, who by their patient obedience and self-denial, steadfast hope and helpfulness in trouble, have shown the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. We bless thy holy name as they have comforted and upheld our souls, grant us grace to follow in their steps, and at last to share with them in the inheritance of the saints in light. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Continuing, we remember and honor and celebrate the gift of life of the following persons who have died this last year and now share the glory of God which is eternal life and the communion of saints. Channing or Richards. Here, here with us all. Hallelujah. Dorothy Ann Metzler. Here, here with us. Hallelujah. Kenneth Wellens Winston Jr. Here with us. Hallelujah. Marjorie Jones Schmidt. Here, here with us. Hallelujah. Bobby Frank Davis. Here with, here us. with us. Hallelujah. Merle Gooden Miller. Here, here with us. Hallelujah. Eric Frederick Winkenwerder. Here, here with us. Hallelujah. Helen Dempsey Whitesides. Here, here with us. Hallelujah. Mildred Smith Long. Here, here with us. Hallelujah. Townley Spratt Moon. Here with, with us. Hallelujah. Martha Gunter Caldwell. Here, here with us. Hallelujah. Mary Elsie Manis Mills. Here, here with us. Hallelujah. 
John Palmer. You are with us. Alleluia. James Patrick Bentley. You are with us. Alleluia. Dorothy Gaither Boris Horn. You are with us. Alleluia. Susan Hauser Small. You are with us. Alleluia. Alice Griggs Cumbus. You are with us. Alleluia. Virginia Grace Rolf. You're with us, Alleluia. Elva Gray Potts Hendricks. You're with us, Alleluia. Nellie Jane Mickey. You're with us, Alleluia. Earl John Oberbauer Jr. You're with us, Alleluia. Mary Beth Langley. You're with us, Alleluia. Ramona O'Neill. You're with us. Alleluia. Catherine Hamburger Smith. You're with us. Alleluia. Edwin Leroy Langley. You're with us. Alleluia. Anna Lee Earnhardt. You're with us. Alleluia. Judith Jean Weeder. You're with us. Alleluia. Edwin Connell Watson. You're here with us. Alleluia. Mary Ann Simmons. You're with us. Alleluia. And now, continuing in prayer together. Lord, we also silently remember, honor, and celebrate the gift of life of other loved ones friends, and associates who have died and entered the glory of our Lord, which is eternal life. Finally, we pray you to bring us, O Lord, at last our awakening into the house and gate of heaven, to enter into that gate and dwell in that house, where there shall be no darkness nor dazzling, but one equal light, no noise nor silence, but one equal music, no fears nor hopes, but one equal possession, no ends nor beginnings, but one equal eternity. In the habitations of your glory and dominion, world without end, now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, on the night of Jesus' arrest, he took bread, and after he gave thanks and blessed it, he broke it, saying, this is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, and do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood and shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, and do so in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. Taste and see that the Lord is good.
friends, the body of Christ broken for you. Friends, the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this feast among the saints and ask that the taste of this meal and the kingdom to come will satisfy our hunger and sustain us as your witnesses to your reign here on earth. Amen. As we now enter into a time of discipleship, I would like to invite Elder J.D. Yearwood from our finance and stewardship team forward. Good morning. It has been a special opportunity to serve uh, Selwyn this year as stewardship co-chair with Ed Thomas. Hopefully you received uh, our email update on Friday. We are excited about the progress and grateful to everyone 
who has made their commitment early and for, for those who will today. Throughout these past few weeks, I've been reflecting on our stewardship theme, to beloved and belong. When I think of belonging to Selwyn, I think of serving God. And I was, as I was coming up with examples, I needed some inspiration. So like every millennial, I Googled it. <laughs> Here were the top examples I found for serving God. Serve God through your family. Give tithes and offerings. Volunteer in your community. Home visiting. Donate clothing and other goods. Be a friend. Serve God by serving children and mourn with those that mourn. One of the reasons our family joined Selwyn is because we wanted to belong to a church where we are part of a broader church family who serves God together in all of these ways. When my wife Jamie and I joined Selwyn seven years ago, we were a young, anxious-looking couple with a baby on the way. Now, we are a tired-looking couple with three kids running around, crying in the back of the sanctuary. Now, I'll say I'm the tired-looking one. Jamie is not the tired-looking one. All three of our girls have been baptized at Selwyn. Our two oldest, Emmy and Hattie, were baptized here in the sanctuary, and our youngest, Annie, was baptized on the front lawn at an outdoor service during COVID. When I think about being beloved as a member of Selwyn, I am reminded of a special moment from Annie's outdoor baptism. During the service, everyone was invited to write a name on a prayer ribbon and hang it up on a line in front of the chapel, as you see here. Suzanne and Eric Winkenwerder had been sitting in front of us during the service. And as I was walking by Eric to hang up our ribbons, he showed me what he had written. And it said, Amy, sorry, Annie James Yearwood. That simple gesture still reminds me that part of being a member of Selwyn means you are loved. Not just by God, but by a church family of all ages. So thank you to everyone who has shown my family what it means to be loved and belong. Thanks be to God. Let us now offer our gifts and pledges to God.
Please join me in the litany of dedication. Lead a life worthy of calling to which you have been called. With all humanity, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the body of peace. We are one body you were called to the one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God, one God parent of all, above all, through all, in all. Each of us is given grace according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Some of us are apostles, some are prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, called to equip the saints for the work of ministry and to build up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. In gratitude, we dedicate these pledges and offerings to your glory, God. The story of Christ is etched in our hearts. You are our God. We are your people. Amen. It's been so good to be here with you all. And as you leave this place, you might find a cookie 
on your way out the door as a gift of gratitude to all of you. And may now the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you and guide you wherever you may go until we are back here together again. Amen. Thank you.